Ha 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 Don't touch that dial. Light up a camel cigarette. C-A-M-E-L. And listen to Blondie. Before we drop over to the Bumstead house to visit Chick Young's famous characters, Blondie and Dagwood, a word from the makers of camel cigarettes. I think every one of you listeners who smoke will agree that when it comes to cigarettes, these three factors make for more smoking pleasure. They are mildness, coolness, and flavor. Now let's take a look at the facts and see how camel cigarettes rate in these three important factors. First, mildness. Well, common sense tells you that a fast, hot-burning cigarette will not smoke comfortably, but camels are slow-burning, mild and mellow. Camels give you extra mildness. Second, coolness. You don't need to be an expert to appreciate that the slower a cigarette burns, the cooler the smoking. Camels give you extra coolness. Third, flavor. Fast burning creates heat, destroys the subtle elements of flavor and aroma. Slow burning preserves flavor and lets it come through. Camels give you extra flavor. Yes, slow burning camels give smokers extra mildness, extra coolness, and extra flavor. And extra smoking, too. More actual smoking for cigarette per pack. In recent impartial laboratory tests, camels burn slowest of all. 25% slower than the average of the 15 other of the largest selling brands tested. That means camels give a smoking plus equal on the average to five extra smokes per pack. And now it's time for our weekly visit with the Bumstead. We find Blondie in her spotless kitchen, just placing a huge dish of fresh baked cookies on the table. Mommy. And here comes Baby Dumpling. Mommy, listen. Yes, Baby Dumpling. Well, I was just wondering, there was a poor little boy that I sent her just now. A poor boy? Uh-huh. He was awful hungry, Mommy. I was just wondering if we could serve us a couple of those cookies for a hungry boy, Mommy. Why, of course we can, dear. You bring him around to the desk door, and I'll fill his little hands with cookies. Okay, Mommy. That'd be awful fancy. <laughs> now, let's see. I'll give him one of these. <laughs> no. And a couple of these plastic ones. Poor little fella. And, uh, I just wish to share three of these sugar cookies. Yes. Yes, I'm coming. Hello, Mommy. Well, here's some cookies for you. Why, baby Jacqueline, you're all alone. Where's the little boy you were so hungry? Well, Mammy, uh, I'm here. Baby Jacqueline Bumstead, the idea of playing such a trick on me. April Fool, Mammy. Oh, April Fool, eh? Uh Uh-huh, April Fool, can I have that cookies now? April Fool, no, you can't. Uh Uh-oh. Well, not till after dinner. These cookies are for your father because today is his birthday. Is Daddy a blind twice, Mommy? Why, no, dear. What an idea. Well, how does I get to have two birthday things? Well, you see, Baby Duncan, uh, Daddy was really born in leap year. Uh-huh. Uh, leap year? Oh, that's the year that comes every four years. In leap year, the month of February has 29 days instead of 28. Well, your father was born on the 29th. That was tough. Of course, his family wanted him to have a birthday oftener than every four years, so they let him pick his own birthday, and he picked April 1st. Why did they pick April Fool's Day, Mommy? Well, I, I think it was so he'd remember that it was April Fool's Day and not get caught too often. 
Fred didn't do any good. He always gets caught. I'll tell you that the way, Mom. Hey, everybody home? What? Yes, Mr. Diggers. Well, I don't know. We're coming. Uh, now, be polite, baby. After all, he's daddy's dog. Okay, Mommy. Hello, baby girlfriend. Hi, Mr. Diggers. Say, what's that on your neck? Huh? Where? Why, I, I don't feel anything on my neck. Oh, so full. That's an old head. Hey, <laughs> boo. That's a good one. Well, Mr. Diggers, this is a nice surprise. Surprise? Oh, didn't Dagwood tell you I was coming for dinner? Why, uh, no. This isn't another joke, is it? It better not be. Dinner's no joking matter. Oh, well, all I meant was Dagwood didn't tell me, and dinner isn't ready. And... Yeah, I know. I came early. Wanted to let you in on something. Little surprise for Dagwood. Did he tell you it was his birthday? Oh, sure. That's the point. So I arranged this surprise. Now, if I tell you what it is, will you agree not to tell him? Of course. I won't spoil the surprise. Okay. It's a watch. A watch? Mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Diggers, how nice. But you shouldn't have done that. This isn't his real birthday, you know. That's an April Fool birthday. Oh, don't worry. The watch is April Fool, too. Oh, isn't it a good watch? Certainly not. It's just for a laugh. Now, listen. I make a speech, see, like this. In recognition of your unbroken record for being late at the office, I want to present you with this little token. When you open the box, watch out, because time flies. <laughs> then comes the big laugh. Oh. It's a trick watch, see? When he goes to lift it out of the box, it blows up. Blows up? Sure. Flies into a million pieces. It's a scream. Fella pulled it at the Civic Club the other day. I'm using the same watch. Oh, can it be put together again? Oh, sure. Jordan the jeweler can fix it for the next fall guy. He rents the watch. I'm on my way to his store now to get it. Now, remember, you gave me your promise not to tell Dagwood. Well, all right, Mr. Divers. Only Dagwood doesn't understand jokes like that very well. Oh, poppycock. He's got to learn to take a ribbing once in a while. I don't start dinner till I get back. I laugh better on a full stomach. <laughs> um, dear. What's the matter, Mommy? Well, I'm a little worried about Mr. Diggers, joke. Daddy's been kind of hoping he'd get a present from him. Uh, not so much for the present, baby, Gentlemen, as to kind of show that he's a friend. He'll be so happy when he gets the watch, and then when he finds out it's a joke, I'm afraid it'll be an awful letdown. Can't we do something about it, Mommy? I don't know. We can't seem like two or scarce, but I, I don't like it. I bet you if I sat among myself for a long time, I could do something about it. Um, can I go out of here for a while, Mommy? Well, yes, dear, but don't be late for dinner. Oh, here's Daddy now. Mommy! <laughs> Hi, Blondie. Hi, baby. Don't <laughs> Oh, hello, dear. And happy birthday again. Yes, thanks. Hi, Daddy. Happy as a fool today. Well, that was soon over. Well, what was his hurry? Oh, he's going outside to think. Think about what? Oh, April Fool jokes, I guess. Look, Edward, huh? you, uh, you don't mind much if people play jokes on you today, do you? Even if it is sort of your first <laughs> No. I mean, no matter who played the joke on you, you wouldn't feel really badly. No, no, honey. I can take a joke. Why, I like jokes. Oh, there's a phone. Maybe I'd better take it. No, no, it, it might be somebody wishing me happy birthday. <laughs> Hello. This is Mr. Bell of the telephone company. We're testing your line. 
Is it a do-fag list? Oh, oh no. <laughs> this may be important. Maybe they uh, they uh, call old subscribers on their, their birthdays now and wish them. Are, are you there, Mr. Bumstead? Uh, yes, Mr. Tell. Uh, I mean, Mr. Bell. Uh, will you stand back to your phone about uh, five feet, please? Huh? Oh, oh, sure. Sure. I am. Thank you. Now, whistle. Oh, yeah, glad to, of course. Ready? Yeah, go ahead. Louder, please. Huh? Louder. Oh. My, you'd make a lovely canary. April Fool. Oh. <laughs> well, Dad, what? Yeah, you know, I knew it was a joke. <laughs> I didn't want to spoil his fun. I'm glad everybody else had such a good time on my birthday. Well, now, don't you care, Dad, what? I have a nice dinner for you. Dinner? Well, what are we waiting for? <laughs> we can't start dinner without Mr. Dillard. Mr. Dillard? Oh, that's right. Hey, how did you find out he was coming? Why, uh, uh, I'll get it. Oh, no, no, uh, probably for me. You know, it's my birthday, and I... Hello? Good evening, Mr. Bumstead. I'm C.R. Peter, Service Department, Useful Light and Power Company. Uh-huh. Oh, I know, sir. Not at all. Uh, just a minute. What is it, Dad? Oh, it's the uh, light and power company. They're uh, worried about a street light out here. And... Well, it's okay. Hello. Yeah. Is the street light burning? Yeah, sure, it's burning okay. Well, don't forget to blow it out before you go to bed. April Fool! Ha, ha, ha. Now what? Did they get you again, Nazareth? Huh? Oh, no, no, uh... Uh, what were we talking about when the phone rang? Oh, uh, at dinner. Why did you invite Mr. Bitters for dinner tonight, Dad? Uh, it was a matter of punctuation. Punctuation? Uh-huh. See, I just started to say, uh, uh, you must come out to the house for dinner, comma, uh, some night soon. Yeah? Uh, well, he put a period after dinner, and before I could finish, he said he'd be out tonight. Oh, I'll take that. This time I'll show them who's an April fool. Mm-hmm. Hello! Listen! Fun is fun, but I've had enough nonsense from you. Okay. Oh, it's Mr. Dickens. Oh, maybe he can't come, huh? Yeah. Uh, maybe you can't come, huh? Oh, no. Doctor, I'll be there. Huh? Let me talk to Blondie. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, coming, Blondie. He wants to talk to you. Oh. Um, hello, Mr. Dickens. dinner while from good old Mr. Dinner's. I'll just fix a little fact to keep my strength while I'm waiting. Oh, dear. I hope he won't be too disappointed. (laughs) 
fine dinner, Blondie. Puts me in good humor. <laughs> me too. You always have a you know what. I'm all right. Uh, yes, there's something I want to get in the kitchen. Will you all excuse me? Oh, uh, oh yes. before we cut the cake, yes. uh, baby Duffy, you run out to the hall closet and look in my overcoat pocket. Bring me the little leather box in the right-hand pocket. Okay. Little box, huh? Uh, oh, excuse me, Mr. Davis. I'll uh, just uh, put out the electric light. Put them out? Why? Well, the candles on the cake will look better by themselves. <laughs> we can see enough to... Uh, we can see all right in the lights the candles. Here comes the cake. Oh, Happy birthday, Dad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Look at that, Mr. Davis. Yeah, we're keeping baby dumplings. Now, wait a minute. Huh? Before you blow out the candles, uh, I've got a word to say. Why yeah. <clears throat> at all? Mr. Titter has a letter, uh, I mean, a word to say. Go ahead, Daisy. Well, Dagwood, in recognition of your unbroken record for being late at the office, I want to present you with this little token. Oh, well, uh, uh, thanks. Uh, I can say it. Thanks, Mr. Dibby. When you open the box, watch out, because time flies. Yeah. I'll open it right now. Oh, boy, look, Bondi, a what? Yeah, pick it up. I'll look it over. Yeah. Now I know what you didn't have time for, to get it engraved. Oh, but that's okay. Boy, it's a beauty. Take it out of the box. Wait, guys, when I... Pick it up, huh? Oh, sure. There you are. <laughs> Certainly, it's well watched. Why, Mr. Dibbert, it doesn't have I see it doesn't. Nothing wrong with it. Huh? No, no, nothing's wrong. It's okay. Let me see that watch. Give it here. Sure, okay, careful now. I wouldn't want anything to happen so soon. Well, I would. Huh? Hey, look, look out. But well, don't know. Mighty funny. It ought to come apart. Hey, then I don't. No, no. Won't work, hey? I'll make it work. Hey. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my Give a man a watch and then... Listen, I'll explain the whole thing. It was just a gag. Yeah, a gag? Excuse me, Mr. Dillard. Hey, who's it? Why, it's Jordan the Jeweler. Excuse me for walking right in, but I was excited. You're excited. Listen, Jordan, you've ruined my whole evening. Am I too late for the joke? The joke didn't work. What joke? Oh, Dagwood, I wanted to tell Let you. Let me explain. My clerk made a mistake. He didn't give you the watch that comes apart. Huh? No, here is the trick watch. Then what was the watch Mr. Dillard's joke? Broke! Where is it? Down here on the floor, smashed. Smashed. Mr. Dillard, do you know what you've done? Well, broken the wrong watch? Yes, Mr. Dillard. You've destroyed the best watch in my store, and it's going to cost you $150, Mr. Dillard. Oh. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have a burning question to put before you tonight. As a matter of fact, it's the burning question on cigarettes. Does your cigarette burn fast, or is your cigarette slow burning? Smokers, believe me, it makes a difference the way your cigarette burns. And here's a sound, scientific explanation of that difference. Fast burning in a cigarette creates heat, and nothing interferes with mildness, coolness, and flavor like the excess heat of too fast burning. Slow burning, on the other hand, preserves flavor, lets it come through in the smoking. And of course, the slower a cigarette burns, the cooler and milder the smoking. 
That, friends, is why smokers turn to camel cigarettes. Camels are slower burning. In recent laboratory tests, camels burn 25% slower than the average of the 15 other of the largest selling brands tested, slower than any of them. That means camels give a smoking plus equal on the average to five extra smokes per pack. Smokers who live in communities where certain state cigarette taxes are in effect can save the cost of the tax, and in some instances more, through smoking camels. If you live in a community where there are no added taxes on cigarettes, the savings are all yours. Camels are made from costlier tobacco and give you extra mildness, extra coolness, extra flavor. And as I said before, extra smoking, equal on the average to five extra smokes per pack. Penny for penny, camels are your best cigarette buy. And now we return to the Bumstead's ringside, where Divers and Jordan the jeweler are trying to outshout each other. A hundred and fifty dollars? Ah, to you, Mr. Divers. Now listen. Listen to what? You had the floor. Now let me have a word. Have a thousand words. What does it get you? You owe me one hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, yeah? Well, try and get it. Oh, I'll get it. Don't worry. I'm not worrying. Yeah, I am. Now, I'm going to ask you some questions. You don't have to answer, but I think you'd better. 
because the answers are all in your books, and, and the lawyer could get a court order to look at those books. You want to know prices? Uh-huh, and costs, too. I've got nothing to hide. Good. Now, what is the price of the trick watch? What's that got to do with anything? The watch that he smashed is $150. You said you had nothing to hide. Now, uh, what do you ask for the trick watch? $75. Oh, what a robber. Oh, a robber, am I? Now, I will go to law. Oh, now, wait. Mr. Dibbers, if I'm going to settle this, you'd better leave us alone. Huh? Please. Now, now you go on out in the kitchen and, and get a drink of water or something. All right, all right. Call me when Jordan hollers for help. <laughs> My, I'm glad you keep your dignity, Mr. Jordan. Never mind the soft soap, madam. I'm waiting for any facts you may have that will make me take less than $150 for that watch. All right. I'll give you facts. But first, uh, why do you value the trick watch so highly? It's a good rental property. In one year, I rented it five times at five dollars a time. Mm-hmm. Six times, including Gibbous. Oh, I see. And how much did you actually pay for the trick watch? That's my business. Oh, I thought you had nothing to hide. Well, the trick watch cost me fifty dollars. I asked 75 because I'm entitled to 50% on any sale. That's what I wanted to know. Your profit is 50%. That would mean that the good watch only actually cost you $100? Well, yes, and I might settle for that, but not one penny less. Well, we'll see. Uh, Now, getting back to the trick watch, uh, it costs you $50, and you've made $25 in rentals on it. So if that watch got smashed, the real loss to you would be just $25. Now, is that right? Oh, yes. All right. Now, Mr. Dibbers has offered to settle for $25. Oh, he has. Well, it won't work, Mrs. Bumstead. I'm going to be paid for the good watch, because it was the good watch that he smashed. Not in the eyes of the law. Eh? Why not, I'd like to know. Well, uh, take this example. Your wife goes into a store where they have an original gown from Paris, valued $300. She better not buy it. Uh, she doesn't. They also have exact copies at $30 apiece. Your wife orders a copy. Well? Well, the store makes a mistake. They send her the original. Now, she didn't order that. She doesn't want that. She doesn't know she has it. But she wears it thinking it's the copy. Then she spills ink on it. She does? Is it paid for? Yes. She pays $30. But the store discovered their mistake. They bring a copy and ask for the original back. It's spoiled. So they bill her for $300. What? Well, I'd like to see them get it. I'm glad you see my point. But, but the watch is different. Not a bit. Now, listen. Mr. Bitters rented a watch. He got what he thought was a trick watch. He had every right to think that. He didn't order a good watch. He paid a rental to get a come-apart watch. When it didn't work the way you told him it would... He tried to make it work. Yeah, he made it come apart all right. Of course he did. He'd paid to see it come apart. Now, I'm not sure he couldn't do you. Sue me? What for? Well, he'd paid you a sum to have a laugh on someone else. Instead, the laugh's been on him. If I said you had made him very ridiculous, he might get damages. I've had enough. You win. Oh, thank you. You can come in now, Mr. Gibbies. Uh, bring me $25 this year. Ah, see the light, eh, Jordan? Well, here's the $25. Yeah. Ah, that's a lot to pay for an April Fool joke. Now, you think you're stuck, eh? How about me? I'm out $125. You mean $75. Well, 
I heard you admit the broken watch only cost a hundred dollars. Well, then I'm not seventy-five dollars. That's fifty dollars more than you are. But you're really not out any more than Mister Dizzy. Oh, I'm not, eh? Well, how do you think of that? Well, you had the trick watch, haven't you? I'll be lucky if I still have it when I leave here. How does that make me losing no more than dinners? He's only out twenty-five dollars. Don't you see? It's plain as the nose on your face. Listen. I'm listening. So am I. Now, Mr. Jordan had two watches. He paid fifty dollars for one and one hundred dollars for the other. Total one hundred and fifty dollars. Right. He now has only one watch, but he values it at seventy-five dollars. His own figure. Right. So he has seventy-five dollars plus twenty-five dollars he made in rentals on it. Now that's one hundred dollars plus twenty-five dollars Mr. Zitter paid him for it. Now that's one hundred and twenty-five dollars, or only twenty-five dollars less than he paid for both watches. He's right, Jordan. We're even. Now, now then, come on, sit down. Well, I don't mind. Good night. I'm going before she has me owing somebody money. I'm glad you mentioned that, Mr. Jordan. How about the five dollars rental, Mister Gibbs? Hey, what? It isn't fair to rent a man a thing that you also sell him and which he never gets. You've got the watch, Mister Jordan. I'm going. I think I've worn out my welcome here. Hey, wait! She's right again. Give me that call. I'll get him. Come back, Jordan. Oh my goodness! Hey, Swami, you know what? No, what? This baby jumped like a gun. Yeah. I tell mommy what you told me upstairs. I was trying to tell everybody down here. Just that I bought better watch too. What? How? <laughs> he took the money out of his pig bank. All he had. So I wouldn't be disappointed when Mr. Gillis pulled his joke. Why, baby gentlemen, that was sweet. I went to the toy store and bought a watch for two hundred and thirty-eight pennies. It was worth two hundred and fifty. Like mother, like son, a bargain here. Where is the watch you got, baby? Yes, got her, baby. It was here the zoo. Oh no, baby! Oh, yes, he did. When baby went to the coat closet to get that box for Mister Dillard, baby dumpling switched. His watch for the one in Mr. Dither's pocket. But I thought it wouldn't have a joke played on him. Well, bless your heart. I don't care if I never get a watch with a son like that. But wait, then where is the good watch we thought was broken? I got it, Mama. Right here, see? Oh, (laughs) oh, for heaven's sake. Hello. You got away from me. Hey, what's that? Oh, it's the watch we thought you broke. Baby Dumpling saved it. Hey? Oh. <laughs> there was a little skullduggery in the closet. Uh, it was a watch baby had bought his father that you broke. Oh, it was, eh? It took all my pennies to buy it, too. Well, let's see if we can't fix that. How much was Jordan out? Twenty-five dollars? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll pay him that, and then I'll own this watch. You have a bargain, too. Fifty dollars for a watch that retails at one hundred pennies. You mean Faye will have a bargain. It's his. To pay for the one I broke. Oh, oh no. Uh, the, the difference in price, uh, that's too much. No, that wouldn't. I won't miss $50. The baby's watch cost him all he had. I'm getting off easy. Here, baby. Hi. Yeah, Daddy. Huh? A speech, baby. Speech. Okay. Uh, Daddy. Uh, huh? Uh, that's the notion for the unbroken record of a good Daddy. Oh. I would like to present you with a token or something. Uh, anyway, I 
Until Monday, good night all. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.